to say this, Minya. Yeah. It's a pleasure to finally meet you. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> I, saw, I saw you on a documentary. I think you okay. were on that, was it the Black Man, Black Man one? Black Experience in Japan. And you did okay. a backflip, yeah. and I said, this cat's trying to be a genius. <laughs> but it oh, looked good. Funny. Thank you. It looked good. You have the right build for it, but we, did you ever do gymnastics? No, when I was, not exactly. When I was in college, we had a club, a gymnastics club, and it was essentially for uh, college students who wanted to get into gymnastics who maybe didn't do it when they were younger. Okay. Then there were a few people who had done gymnastics but who weren't obviously taking it to any kind of professional serious level. So I had always wanted to learn through backflips. I was able to do front flips and I had done cartwheels and I mean poorly handsprings, like, poorly obviously. This is like you me been trained, when right? I was young, exactly, when I was young in my yard with my friends. So anyways, I joined this club and in the first two sessions I went, I accomplished the backflip, if you will. That's so right. first time was just into a pit and then I think one time was assisted and then my second session, he, you know, the guy was like, you can do this, just go ahead and try it. And, you know, backflips are, they're scary when you haven't done it. Um, they're not actually that hard to do, but they're, they're terrifying. So I went for it and I did it. And then from that day, it's been the thing that- In teaching gymnastics, do. I always tell people this, yeah. the back handspring yeah. is mentally easy, yeah. but physically difficult. Correct, And the back flip yeah. is physically easy, Correct. but mentally difficult. I totally agree, I think I was told the same. The reason why is because when you're doing the back handspring, you think you're gonna be able to save yourself with your hands. Correct. Yeah. Back flip, you're going up in the air and you have to clear exactly, exactly. it and land back on There's your no feet. There's no saving. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. mentally, it yeah. seems harder, yes. but it isn't. Yes, it's it was exactly It's much easier than, exactly. the mechanism's much easier than back handspring. So I still can't effectively do a cartwheel into back handspring? It is not I can't effectively do it's it. It's a round off. Round off, correct, round sorry, off round off. I still cannot effectively round off into a back you handspring. You haven't been taught properly. If you're exactly, properly, I never, I didn't go long enough to really do it. I think I went to maybe four, I wanted to learn the back flip. So I went for those two sessions, did it, did a third session where we just fooled around, right. tried doing the run off the wall backflip right, thing. That's right, my son's um, And that was it, that was, my, that was my three sessions and I was done. But, wow. but I, I accomplished what I wanted in that time, which is good. All right. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Gymnastics talk at the beginning always gets me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you born, Manya? I was born in Medfield, Massachusetts. Okay, but you yeah. told me something interesting. Your parents mm -hmm. are originally from? Kenya, mom and dad. Kenya. Born and raised in Kenya. Because I saw the, the wedding yeah. you had. Yeah. Man, the that ceremony. was, that's the kind of stuff you see in coming to America with Eddie correct, Murphy. Correct, correct, correct. And I mean, it was, this was real. This was in like, Natick, Massachusetts. And you just, <laughs> that was in where? This was in Massachusetts, believe it or not. That was in Massachusetts? <laughs> Massachusetts. Because all the women were dressed up exactly. in the ceremony. Exactly, so there's, a, there's yeah. a huge Kenyan diaspora on the East Coast. And my father is kind of one of the original, that's a stretch, but kind of one of the original Kenyans to come and then start bringing over other okay. Kenyans. And so he, I think with UMass Lowell, again, he got an engineering degree. He was an electrical engineer for years and years. And kind of while he was working, sending money back home, he was bringing over cousins and friends and relatives and all that. So now, you know, there are thousands. There, might, there, might, there may very well be tens of thousands, but there are definitely thousands and thousands of Kenyans on the East Coast. And so that, that video you saw, that kind of coming to America ceremony, was actually, it was actually a celebration of Jasmine's birth. So in okay. Kenyan culture, which I didn't even know, yes. in, in Kenyan culture, when a woman becomes uh, sorry, when a when a woman becomes a grandmother, they celebrate her becoming a grandmother, and so it's called a I believe it's called an itega. So it's for your mother. Okay. It was actually for my mother ah. and for Risa, but mainly for my mother, believe it or not. So it was a celebration for her. So then, as you could see, all the women came out, you know, dressed just, the way they, they normally would. Yes. It was beautiful. It was it, I had and that 
festival is actually typically for women only. I was going to say, because so you're the never, only male there. Yeah, I, I had never been to that kind of thing. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know that was a thing until Jasmine. And then, uh, and then because I was visiting, they figured out oh, we, you know, we have to bring Kamenya in because you know, he's visiting. So I was able to attend my first, which was for Jasmine, and it, would, it blew me away. You might have been blown away watching the video. I, I thought you, I said, look at my man's coming home. He's yeah. at home. I knew it you was were in Kenya. It was native. I, just I know. I, everyone thought that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thought we were in Kenya. They, oh, when did you go to Kenya? I was like, no, that, this is, this is <laughs> 10 minutes from problem. where we live. The studio problem. Yeah, 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 yeah we 10 minutes from where we live in Natick. So my family, they are, one thing about African culture, there's, there's joy um, in everything. And I think I, I feel so blessed to have been raised the way we were. Very much raised. Well, that's the, what I want to get into. You yeah, yeah, I'm probably jumping the gun. What yeah. were you like when you were a little kid? Ooh, what was I like? And I you, have, well, you have siblings too, right? I've got an older brother. How many years difference? Three. Are, Are you guys close? Yeah. I love my brother. He's, I love him with my Where heart. is he? Where is he? He lives in Chicago. Okay, does he have yeah. family? He does not. He's got a girlfriend now, no children, never been married. He's one of those guys who may not want to have kids. So he's 38. 38, exactly. Uh, actually, this year... He'll turn 39. He'll No, actually, sorry. He's 39. He's three and a half mm. years older. I'll turn 36 okay. this year. He'll turn 30, He'll turn 48 at the very end of this okay. year. And I'll turn 36. Yeah. So he's three and a half older. So you're saying he's yeah. one of those type of guys that may not ever... He may not ever have kids. I, he's just... Even when we were young, he just never wanted to have kids. He's just okay. one of those guys. That's he's nice. wanted to be married. He's wanted to find a partner yeah. and that whole thing. But whenever we've talked about kids, he's always thought, I don't know if I need that. And I almost didn't do it. And on, on, actually, me too. No, the me reason, too. The reason yeah. why I thought about it, yeah, I did want to have kids. Yeah. But there was a time when I thought, do I want to bring my brown yeah. kids yeah. in this environment? I'm thinking about exactly. America. Exactly. That was yeah. the only yeah. reason. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. thinking, do yeah. I want them to go through the things Whatever I had I to through. navigate? Yeah. And why would I do that to somebody? Yeah. yeah. It's hard enough just living. Yes. But adding this yes. extra thing. And just yes. imagine, what if it were girls? Exactly. And I wanted exactly. girls. Girls yeah. and have to deal with yeah. the issue of looking... Not like the dominant Correct. or the Correct. strongest, Correct. you know, Correct. culture. Correct. So that's, uh, I would say it's culture. I mean, the strongest dominant figures that we yeah. look at being yeah, white, yeah. basically. Exactly. So. exactly. so I actually, I had that same kind of dilemma, but here. And so I've got a video on it. I mean, for reasons that are very different, but, and actually I'd love to get your input on this, having four okay. sons here. Right. Um, what would it be like if, I've got an entire video on this, but, you know, if I, if I give birth to children here. Right. And they're raised here. Right. What does that do to them? And I think this applies to any country, technically. In, in any given country, if, especially if you end up raising children who are not, or who are mixed, is probably the easiest way to put it, what happens to them in that given environment? And happens I think in some how? places. What do you mean, happen in what way? Uh, what I mean by that is, just like you were saying, if you gave birth to your children in America, mm -hmm. you'd have to, which you probably have, I'm sure you've had, but you'll have to have conversations with your kids that we as black men simply have to have with our children, or, or even just black people. Gonna, you just have to. You uh, probably anywhere in the world, it's kind of just a conversation you need to have. Just be aware, whatever that conversation is, right. there is a conversation. Did you have that with your parents? I did have that with my parents. You did? But honestly... How, but but, how but, old were you when that happened? But it's different because my parents, I had it with them, but it was very different. It was much more subtle, because meaning my parents came from Kenya, so they didn't inherit in the same kind of... Uh, almost like trauma or pain that I feel like black Americans who have been there for generations and generations all inherit from grandma, grandpa, grandma, grandma, and, and rightfully so, but we didn't inherit that. So growing up, it was different. My parents moved to America and they just adapted as best they could to this new environment given the context of being black people in America. So when we were raised, I was raised in a very white environment, but it wasn't, 
they didn't have to sit down and have the conversation with me in the way that I imagine maybe you had a conversation with your mother or father or somebody else may have. Never did. I missed that conversation. And you never had it. Yeah. No, I never had it, but I got mad at my father when I got yeah. in the service. Yeah. For not having it with you. For, well, why didn't you tell me? Wait, wait. Ah, interesting. I, yeah. I was one of five black guys in my squadron. Yeah. There were 60 people there. Yeah. The other four were all from the South. Yeah. Didn't want to deal with me. Yeah. And I thought maybe it's because of my accent. Yeah. So Martinez was my buddy. Yeah. He was from California too. Yep. We're watching the video yeah. on the history of the military. Yeah. Found out that yeah. my father was a tech sergeant and yeah. I always thought his squadron was, I don't know what I thought, yeah. but I thought he was in control. I didn't know it was a black squadron yeah. controlled by white guys. Oh, interesting. And I'm and I asked these black guys yeah. when we came out the filming because yeah. I was my mouth, my lip was still on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys know that? So where you been? Yeah. In you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I went. So when I got home on yeah. leave, I said, Dad. Yeah. Were your superiors all white? Yeah. And he said, You? Yeah. I said, Well. <laughs> Why didn't you ever tell me? He said, is that the way it is now? Yeah. I said, well, not quite. Yeah. He said, those are my skeletons. Yeah. Interesting. They're Interesting. This is not the way it is now. Interesting. And I'm thinking, Very I look like a fool. Yeah. Everybody seemed to know Very this but me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't, he mm. didn't put me through that. But How, he deliberately didn't. That's what I find interesting. It wasn't... But I was still going through my own trauma. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I was okay. seven years old yeah. when I had to decide yeah. I really wanted to be me. Yeah. Because I saw Elvis Presley. Yeah. I'm going to let you read the book I just wrote. Okay. Yeah, this story's in there. It's, 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 no, it's a 15, it's a 30 minute read. Not yeah. even 30 minutes. Yeah. It's 14 pages, yeah. six chapters. Yeah. And you'll see part of that in there. Yeah. But that's the trauma you talked about. Yeah, exactly. So that, like I said, we, I didn't inherit that. Right. So I saw it all around me. I obviously I knew it was real and I felt some aspects of it just being black in America. Right. But it was different. And I think, honestly, I think anyone. In fact, I just sat down with a guy you may know. Um, I'll, I'll, I won't mention his no, name. Ahead, whether no. I, okay. You may not want to be included, so no. I, won't, I won't mention his name, but I just sat down. He must be, I'm guessing, he must be in his 50s, maybe even early 60s. I want to say he's probably in his 50s, maybe right. early 60s. He's been in Japan a long time. He's also from Boston. We, we met in Daikanyama and had in coffee. We talked about everything. And um, one of the things we got into, he's, he's from Trinidad originally, but he was raised in Boston. So he did very similar things. So we kind of, we related on the, the dynamic of being black Americans, but in his case, he was born in Trinidad, I was born in Mass, but kind of being a little bit maybe different than the black Americans around us because we just didn't have the same inheritance, is probably the way to put it, in, or that, that, part, that part of inheritance. And um, so as that relates to what I was thinking about Jasmine, when I thought about having a child here and raising my child here, it's very different. In Japan, I'm not worried about the police bothering me. I'm not worried about... You're not worried about any physical worried. harm. There's no physical harm. That's entirely unrelated. But the kind of potential emotional... <laughs> I'm going to say emotional damage, which will make my son laugh because it's a trending term right now. But that kind of emo potential emotional damage to being different in this country is something that I, I didn't really know how to mm, process or to feel about, especially because of it. You mentioned the channel yourself, the Black Experience Japan has countless interviews with people who were raised in this country whose maybe mother was black or father was black and other was either Japanese, Chinese, Korean, whatever, and then raised here. And then what was that like for you? Going through the school system, trying to find a job, everyday life, etc. And, you know, some of the stories, I think everyone has more or less turned out okay, obviously, but people went through a lot. And some people went through a lot more than others. And some people, you know, I think 
people who are maybe a little bit older than me who have kids often say now things are quite different than they used to be. So maybe, you know, I'm, I'm almost the same age as your, your oldest son. You know, maybe when he, 30 years ago, when he was, or five, thir yeah, 30 years when he's five, six years old, you know, his experience will be different than Jasmine's because it's a 30 year gap, of course. And inevitably, you know, Japan has progressed in that time. So I think the, the older Jasmine gets and the more I see her experiences, things actually seem quite good. And I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by how good her experience has been considering my reservations around just like you said having a child but for me here right. um, so it's been good it's all around them so far so good That's I still don't know what's gonna happen with the school systems when she gets older but at least I can feel at peace now knowing everything's good right. she's got an older brother and older sister and they take great care of her and you know, overall it's been really good so in lieu of me trying to give you all of my anecdotes yeah. and thoughts about it which yeah. I could do very easily yeah I'd love to hear you, you I want I'm gonna do this all off Yes, yeah. podcast. Sure, sure, sure. Because sure. it's going to be sure. It's going to be quite lengthy. Sure. <laughs> and it's you just got time. No, just, I'd love to hear. It's it. just You're a viewpoint. Yeah. It's just a viewpoint. Yeah. That's all we can offer. Yeah. And then some of it may resonate with yeah. you. Some of yeah. it may not. Yeah. And ultimately, the only one that's going to know how it affected her yeah. is her. Correct. Jasmine's the one that's going to have to exactly. interpret it. And exactly. You know, she's going to do. And then the only one I'll know is by observation, and then ideally right. she tells me. And you still won't know. I still won't know. Yeah. Only if she tells me, basically. Yeah. That's only way. Yeah. So tell me this. So growing up, what type of child were you? Were you more academic or were you more physical? Oh, interesting. <clears throat> I was definitely a physical kid, but I was surrounded by um, academic kids. And the reason is, you mentioned my older brother. My older brother was also quite physical, but in his case, he, he chose a very different friend group. So his friend group was more along the lines of the physical friend group, the like fun seekers, if you will. My fr because of seeing kind of his path, my friend group ended up being a very different kind of friend group. And this was actually, I think, by choice or by design because um, you know, my father's one of those fathers who always says, you're going to wind up like the people you spend your time with, basically. He used to tell you this. Uh, from like five years old. So and I, your, father mother, your father and mother doing okay? Yeah, they're great. They were just here in Japan, um, right. like I said, t about two weeks ago. Right. They had an amazing time. They, they actually spent one night here with us in the house. Uh, they were, we hosted them. Uh, we had got them a place about a minute from where we are. So every morning at 8 a.m., they were at the door play with the kids and it was wonderful they, they had a we were originally going to meet in bali to do a kind of a family trip in the with the ocean and all that and we ended up deciding to just come here and do uh cherry blossom viewing here because they'd never seen that this is the, only their second time in japan right. and they had a phenomenal time what about your brother has he been here my brother came twice once 2012 with my parents and the first time was actually uh i want to say way back 2004 maybe 2003 um he, no, I graduated in 2005. It was even before that, maybe 2001 or 2000. When he graduated from high school, he mm -hmm. came with his best friend. And actually, that was a huge inspiration for me. When, to when, when your Japan. brother came from, graduated from high school, yeah. he did what? He came before you came? Before I came, but he, he didn't live here. He came here for two weeks. So, for in fact, what? part of the, just to travel, to visit Japan. Okay. So, his kind of high school graduation gift was a trip with his best friend here to Japan. And they spent a week here, maybe a week and a half, and they just went to Akihabara, played video games, did so that whole thing. Would, yeah, okay. yeah, so, and... Part of the reason I came originally was actually because I, I wanted to do that too. But in my case, I ended up coming here to work. So this okay. is we're gonna get I'm into deviating, that. We're gonna get I'm deviating okay. from the childhood. Okay. So childhood so basically more physical. Right. But again, I was surrounded by kids who were very academic. Right. And so fortunately, the physical side stayed with me. Even my work now is quite physical in many regards. But I've always also really enjoyed the kind of academic side. And I think things like piano and just pleasure reading. Because you said you've been playing the piano since? Since I was eight. Now, why, what started that? <laughs> I think the original, the original 
was honestly just not understanding how an individual could sit at whatever that thing is and do whatever this is and make it sound good. None, and it just blew me away. I just neither of your parents played not at all. No one in my fam- no one in my family plays music. You're the that only I'm even musical aware. person. You're literally that I'm even aware of. Yes. So, it, but for some reason, at eight years old, you're looking at this, or and seven, I just, at seven, and whatever said, it was, and it just blew me away. And I don't like know I where it do comes that. from. My dad doesn't sing. My mom doesn't sing. They've never touched an instrument in their life before. I can tell. I don't have any uncles, cousins, whatever. I just heard it. And you're, it's really nice. Oh, I love it. I just, I just couldn't believe it was possible. It just shocked. I just, I would, and so obviously, you know, start. It's right, horrible. Right. Chopsticks, chopsticks, or a right, right, little right. finger, whatever. And then eventually, I got, you know, they got me lessons because I was interested, and I just kept playing. Kept and all of a sudden, the girls started. Exactly. Like, and then you, you get older, and you're like, so oh, you, this is a so thing. Wait, wait, okay. So whatever. So you're junior high, junior, not ju- yeah, junior high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're junior the only high. Jazz? Well, junior high, I started it? playing in school. Okay. That's right. when I started kind of transitioning to playing with people. Right. And then uh, that's really when like the attention factor probably became a factor, and being having my personality type. That was a way to shine, obviously. So that definitely played a part in my interest in, in doing it. Right. But especially now, if I skip forward to now, it's just joy. And you, know, you play sax, right, you, can, yeah. you can relate. It's well, just... I, mean, I wish I could. I'm, I want to relate someday. <laughs> I, I, I know. I have, because of my age, it's pure joy. I do yeah. love hearing it. And I, I get tears in my eyes. Yeah, same. When I was, the same. Oh, when I was about to I buy it, yeah. I went to a music store yeah. five exactly. years ago, yeah. and I blew it. And the guy's a good salesman. It didn't take much from me. Yeah. And he said, whoa. Yeah. You could blow. Most yeah. people can't yeah. blow. And yeah. I went, what? Yeah. And I got in the car to drive away yeah. and started crying because yeah. I loved the sound so much. Went yeah. back and bought it. Oh, it's beautiful. Went that's back beautiful. and bought it. Yeah. Stayed with that for a little while. Yeah. And now I'm where I'm at now. And yeah. if you're, I, can, I can read music. Yeah. I can play. And I yeah. am going to become good with yeah. one or two or maybe several songs. And that's it. And it's joy. At the end, you're going to realize at the end of the day, you're not playing to make money and become a superstar. You're playing because it brings you joy. Right. And I think the older I've gotten, the more I've appreciated that. So now when I play, and I play very often, it's just pure joy. And um, yeah, and so that started at eight. Anyways, and and again, the physical side was definitely a thing. But I had this music element, and then again, I was surrounded by friends who were very into academics. So I. It was a good balance, I think. Okay. I didn't get locked in the athletic thing or okay. just do the... Right. What would you do thing. for athletics? What was your so Athletics sports? I was doing, ba- basically, uh, my big ones were track and field and soccer. What would you do in track and field? Track and field, 400, 800, triple jump, and long jump, and then the 4x4. Four four, so, yeah, triple jump, long jump, little high jump, but I wasn't very good at it, so triple but, but, jump. But you were kicking the butt. You were kicking... Wait, your school was predominantly white, right? Predominantly white. I mean, I set oh, the school so record. So you them. You were killing them. I did pretty good. I did pretty good. For the... But, you know, if for the environment. In the t- exactly. Right. No, for but the environment. It's funny because right. in my school, yes, and even in my like little district area, right, yes. Okay. But when what you was got very interesting. It was very interesting when I got to ju- maybe junior year of high school. I started to pay attention to college, and then I started realizing you know, I have done well, all things considered. But then I look outside of Massachusetts. I look at places like Texas, California, and I'm like, oh my these cats gosh, are these guys are There's unbelievable. No so yeah, I'm running. 50 point something, 400. I'm thinking, this is great. Like, this is Wait, this top level you area. At? Where you at, yeah. There are kids, you know, 15 years old, two years younger than me at the time, running 45, 46. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it was... So it was at that point I realized my dreams of becoming an Olympic athlete are probably I not... as realistic as and you that was, thought. Thankfully, that was when I was able to pivot more towards, again, even academics at that time. Like, probably junior year, I really shifted gears. So it's okay, this is... That is, as much as I love this, it's not going to happen. So let me really focus on the academic side. And I think what, that's what, really what did you like academically? What, academically, what I think I've always enjoyed language. Uh, that's the wrong way to put it. 
not foreign language. I've always enjoyed English. Like I've always okay, enjoyed okay. reading and just language. Speaking, speaking properly, I think you know, we're probably quite similar. I've always okay. enjoyed, um, definitely, re to keep it simple, reading. Um, what kind of books? Ooh, then or now? Then. When I was young, I really liked sci-fi. But and you said you still from, do. What are you talking about? Which I still do. No, of course, of course. But I don't read it now. I love okay, it, but okay, I don't okay, read wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. I've just shifted to you, you know, different stuff. I still love it, but I don't right. really read it. When I was I young, That's my you favorite did. book, which I just bought actually for my eldest, uh, Luna, is uh, Ender's Game. Orson Scott Ender's Card. Game, yes. You know, saw the movie. You saw the movie. Yeah, yeah, I saw the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Movie. You read the book. It wasn't the book. Exactly. You read the book as well. Yeah, I can't know. So, yeah, that kind of thing. And I mean, I just loved sci-fi fantasy when I was young. I think now I still really enjoy it. But now... The sci-fi fantasy I get is from films. So even this whole like Marvel thing that ties into my love of, you know, uh, fictional characters, all the sci-fi, all the fantasy. Marvel's kind of doing that. Right, Marvel right, and DC right. are doing that for me. But I think you'd be more of like the um, player one type of guy, or the yeah, yeah, or Valerian, or Valerian. Correct. Would correct. be more love your, that stuff. Yes, of, yes, 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 yes. Because because Marvel's nice, but yeah, it doesn't have the creativity but it clicks that's, with your that's really real that, yeah that's it marvels what's going to happen yeah correct you know what i mean correct. we can yeah, do that in some ways yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think what clicks with the uh, this is a tangent but what clicks with the marvel dc side is my best friend and i have always been obsessed obsessed with the wrong word but always been very into those characters the captain america iron man um Growing up, I mean, Wolverine, Black Panther, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. no, and actually, my introduction to Black Panther was late. I think I was introduced to Black yeah, Panther yeah. in college. Yeah. I, I discovered Black Panther as a character. Right, right, right. It just took a long time to get there. I don't know how. Right, right. So when the films came out, I had some familiarity, but not nearly as much as again the, the bigger names, which are the right. Captain America, Iron Man, whatever. Right. So anyway, so because of that, I think the films really resonate with me because it's just that childhood obsession with these characters. So I think film has allowed me to really dive into the fantasy sci-fi side of things but now with my reading it's become much more kind of self-help developmental stuff or you know autobiographies or isn't biographies isn't that a shame that schools don't put that in you from the beginning that should it be is. your base it is that should be your base it not something be. you're trying to catch up with i agree i After, agree, I agree. Uh, through a filter first of all my through a book filter. in here uh long walk to freedom uh nelson yeah. mandela's long walk to freedom right mm, in here yeah. <laughs> like just got it. Yeah. Isn't that <clears throat> i should have read that when i was you know, yeah. 11 the education, I've been asked to give a talk at some of the schools so yeah. when I go there I'm, I'm a little concerned about how they're going to take what I'm going to say yeah because this is an international school obviously. yes yeah but when I come in I come in hard the yeah. same thing I did when I was in the chamber yeah. I come in with stuff that prove that I'm not right yeah show me show me how doing it your way yeah works yeah when the game is set up the way it is yeah 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 <coughs> Right now, yeah. you can't take any of it with you. Yeah. So it must be mm. obviously you want to have control over as much as you can, mm. that you enjoy having control over it while you can. Mm. That's it. Mm. That's all, that's the game. Yeah. And if you have yeah. that, then you start looking at it completely different than mm. ownership and correct. The, the worst thing correct. man's done to each other is saying this is mine correct. on land. Yeah. How? Agreed. You're not even guaranteed you're gonna make, wake up tomorrow morning, but Agreed. that's yours. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could get lost yeah, in that philosophy. Could, could. But I agree. No, I agree. There's a lot. <laughs> yes. We would end up diving into capitalism, and we could, ownership, and, else, and, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, and then, but you have to yeah. just verbalizing yeah. it and thinking about it is yeah. just that. It's like it's mental masturbation. Yes, it doesn't produce anything. Yeah. So you have to come up with the product. You have yeah. to make it materialize. Yeah. Which we have the possibility of doing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm getting off into a whole bunch of no, stuff. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. No, so, Prevence, you asked me about childhood, yes. athletic, da da da, and then reading. And then, yes, uh, right, right, right. So, anyway, so you're going to go from there, from high school. Yep. You had to start deciding what you wanted to do, yep. what your career was going to yep. be. Yep. You never went into the service. Nope, never went into the service. Okay. When, did you travel and a lot? Again, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even a consideration. But it, the thing you being, your father it, right? was in the service, right? Right. So, of course, growing up. I didn't want to go in the service. No, but to some extent, right. you were familiar with the service. As a thing, you must have been. Your father oh, yeah, was in no, the service, I, right? Yeah, I, something you don't want to have to do. Exactly, but it, but it is a thing that exists. For, right. for me, like, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even on Talk the radar as things that I would mm. conceivably do. Again, that relates to kind of my parents and their whole, you know, their philosophy. It just never, I think it was when I, when I was going to college. I had one friend who went to West Point. Mm-hmm. This guy's name, Alex something. Alex, no, not Herbert. Right. Alex something. His name's Alex, whatever. He might end up going to West Point. It was around that time, junior or senior year, uh, maybe he mentioned, I was like, oh, people... People do this. They go to West Point or they join the military and do that. But I, it wasn't a, it was never on my radar. And mine wasn't. Mine was more of an avoidance because we yeah. knew Vietnam had started in the ah, '60s when yeah, I was yeah, in junior yeah. high school. Yeah. No one wanted, no to, one go. wanted to go. That's yeah. why mm. they had college deferments, which my brother, who's five years older, mm. took advantage of. Mm. My first year in college, I mm. get a draft notice. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's where you're constricted. You don't yeah. have a choice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why there's so many people. There were Americans at one time, are yeah. now Canadians. Interesting. <laughs> they fled. That. They fled. Yeah, yeah. I did. And I thought about that. it. Yeah. But I decided instead of being drafted into the army, yeah. I'm going to enlist. Yeah. So when I went up to the recruiting office and told yeah. them I want to enlist, they said, "Get in line. Yeah. You have to test to get into the Air Force." Oh, so of the 25 yeah. people that yeah. day that tried to get in, yeah. only two of us did. Yeah. Interesting. When you got into high school, you yeah. decided you wanted to, what were you thinking about doing? So from the age of probably 13, the plan was become a lawyer, practice law. This comes from, keep this relatively short, this comes from my brother's best friend's father, who is also quite close to my father. So my father's friend, basically, ran a practice in our town. He's a CPA, but he also did all kinds of you know, tax work for people in the city. And I always thought, I want to live a life like this. And I think at the age, probably 13, 14, I kind of saw the life they lived, and I thought, oh, that's the kind of life I'd want to live. I want to you know, buy a house, have my own practice, be able to travel several times a year, et cetera, et cetera. Work for myself. So going, to, you know, start high school, get to junior, senior year, it was still the plan, but I really wanted to explore doing something a little bit different before diving into law school. Because, again, you graduate, you take your LSATs, and then you, you know, jump into three more years of school. And towards my junior year, maybe midway through, I realized, ah, I want to do something a little bit different. Like, I want to have an experience of living somewhere that's not here and just see what's that, what that's like. And that's what led me to come to Japan, to take a little break before returning to take my LSATs and go to law school. Little break has turned into 13 years you and the house we're in now. You never went back? Never went back. Well, okay, so t- take me through that now. Yeah, so, so basically finished. junior year. So how year, old were you? At you the time, I'm 17. 17. This is junior year. And I'm thinking, I, I know that I want to, oh, this is high school. We're talking about high school. Oh, I'm sorry. You know high what school. I jumped to? Sorry, sorry, you sorry. Oh, I jumped to, I did it wrong. I did it wrong. I jumped to college. I'm sorry. Go back. <laughs> what I did is I jumped, I went from the high school story and I jumped into the end of the college story. Go back. Sorry about that because I, w- I went to school in the okay, States. Okay. I, I'm going to repeat that whole thing. So basically law was always the plan. 13, 14, I knew I wanted to do that. And then when I was finishing high school, I knew that I wanted to go to college. So basically that, that was simple. I'm sorry. I, I missed up the, the time no frame. So I ended up applying early decision, got into the school that I really wanted to get into. It was actually the same school that my best friend had gotten into a year before. He's a year older than me. So I ended up going to that school, doing my first two, two and a half years there, kind of everything on track. And then maybe junior year of now, sorry, college, I'm 20 years old. I 
I decide that I want to do something different before going to another three years of school. There's just like so much school. I want to do something different. Travel. But I your grades were good. You were yeah, grades good. are good. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. I was essentially on track to graduate, take the LSATs, and go to school. Um, so I apply, I want to say, maybe early senior year of college to come teach here in Japan. What, what program? Interact. Interact. I missed the JET deadline, whatever okay, that deadline right. is. So I missed JET. My friends, I had call. two friends who applied. They, they were like, oh, did you apply? I forgot. I didn't make it. So I did Interact. Got that pretty early. I think I found out by in November. So I'm like, okay, great. Okay. You, you can come do it. Great. So thought I'll go here for seven months to a year, do this whole Japan thing. Cause as I mentioned, my brother went when he graduated from high school. So I'd always wanted to go, but I'd never gone. And you hadn't been at all. I'd never been. So I thought maybe this is my way of doing that whole Japan thing. Came, and then this, you know, this story could be very long, but to give you the short story, Came, taught for about six months in Nagoya, visited Tokyo, and then that's just what I knew. I, I, I have to spend some time here. I just went into it the was, future. It was, I got off the train in Shinjuku, and, and I just, said, I just, what, in what is going on? It's like being on, on another planet, It was man. unbelievable. It changed. And so that, had I not visited Tokyo, I would have gone, gone I swear oh, to God, no. I would have gone back. I yeah, swear why would you? to you. Not- <laughs> but once I visited, I knew... <laughs> Whatever this is, I have to I have to have a little more of this, and then that was it. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. you've been here since. Been here since thirteen years. I'm in my thirteenth year. Yeah. Do you have any plans on going back? Absolutely. You so do? we just uh, again the, the long story could be long, but um, my wife and I she was raised in Pasadena. She's Japanese. She was born in Japan, but lived about sixteen years in California, Pasadena area, and then she came back to Japan, and she's been here ever since. So she's probably been here like fifteen years. I've been here thirteen, and. From the moment we met, we knew, both of us, that we want to move back to the U.S. And ideally, we'd love to live in California at some point. So even now, the plan is still to go back. What we don't know is exact time frame. What adds to that, and this will get more complex, but we just built a gym, as I mentioned earlier, down the road in Nakameguro, power spot. And the good news is the gym is going very well. And the plan always was, when we build this thing, let's build it so we're not you know, directly involved in the operations of it so we can at some point in the near future step back and just have it do what it does. And so far, that's going, believe it or not, exactly as planned with unbelievable ups and downs. <laughs> but we're, we're in an up point and it's great. And so it's looking really good. And so realistically, time frame, three, four years from now, if possible, we'd love to make that shift to the U.S. What would you do in the States? That's the part that gets complex because we don't know exactly. My work is all online. I work as a coach. And that work I can do technically anywhere. But um, her work now mainly, primarily, is Japan-based. So even if we moved to the US we, the U.S., we would be moving there to live there mainly, not necessarily because work requires us to be there, which has its own form of complexities. But obviously, as you can imagine, through what we've learned with COVID and how the world's changed, you can definitely do that. You can kind of live anywhere and make things work. But we've got realities. We've got a family we need to take care of, and we need to be able to provide for them well enough so that that makes sense. Sure. And so a big part of building this facility is to kind of you know, create the machine that makes at least part of that possible. Mm-hmm. And so, so far so good, fingers crossed. It's kind of a matter of, mm, it's a, we, need to get, we need to wrap our heads around more specifically how we make that move, where we could possibly make that move, and we've, we've done that. We took a trip there last mm-hmm. year in September, we visited a friend in um, Redondo Beach, beautiful place there. He runs a gym in that area. We kind of had a chance to really see that whole area, Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach, go all the way down. And she's from that area, so she's familiar with you know what's going on. But for me, that was my first time in that area, just seeing a different part of California. I've been to L.A. maybe three, four times, but that's more 
you know, I've seen Hollywood and you know, different part of LA. So it was nice seeing California. We didn't make it down to San Diego. We didn't make it up to San Francisco, but I got to see kind of more of what California is like. Mm. And then I've traveled quite a bit in the US. I've seen a bit of Colorado, Michigan, Texas, all of the East Coast. And so, you know, there are a lot of places where I feel like we can make life possible. And I don't know, there's just something we love about the US. It's hard, to, it's hard to describe. Yeah, it's hard. I, I think you have, one of, you have one of two people in Japan, and you know this. You have people who come here who will never go back. Yeah. And then you have people who come here who will absolutely go back, or at least want yeah, yeah, yeah. to. And for whatever reason, we're in that category, and I, I, don't, I don't exactly know why. I'll share my analogy that I came up yeah. with in my 60s, yeah. finally, because I couldn't understand my feelings about the U.S. Yeah. The analogy I use is, imagine being raised by abusive parents. Yeah. You love them with all your heart. Yes. You protect them against any foes. Yes. You give your life to do so. Yeah. But once you grow and they allow you, and because of them, you've been yeah. allowed to travel around yeah. the world. Yep. And then you've seen how other parents yeah. treat their kids. Yeah. <laughs> so when you come back to your parents, you tell them you love them. Yeah. But mom and dad, I can't live with you. Yeah. I love you, but I can't live with you. I love you, but I can't yeah, live with you yeah. because you traumatized me so much. Yeah. As much as you loved me, yeah. you traumatized me. Yeah. But you continue to. Yeah. I still mm. see you trauma trying to traumatize mm. me. Every time I look on the media we control. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And it's only me that I see you doing it to. Yeah. And we have everyone from all over the world yeah. from there. Why is it just me? And you use and you use people that look like me yeah. to traumatize me even more by pretending like it never happened. Yeah. Interesting. They don't have you you said it at the beginning. Yeah. They never had the trauma. Yeah, exactly. But they look just like me, so you make exactly. it seem like I'm making this stuff up. Exactly. So growing up where I grew up, I never had any that I remember, any specific um traumatic experiences revolving on race. Of course, I was pulled over my car in my town, and I'm sure there are racist as hell people in my town. I might have been oblivious to it, to the directness of some of the things, but nothing ever overtly happened to me in my environment, despite being raised in an absolutely predominantly white area and going to a college that was very much predominantly white. Again, time changes things. You grew up in a small town. Grew up in a small town, very white. Well, let me um, tell you, but no, no, but they knew who you were. Everyone did. That's, that's the what I'm thing. saying. So that's a big. It's difference. different. No, it's different. Exactly. So I, also, I excelled in things, right? So especially in high school, when I was they excelling in sports. They knew your father. Every, they knew who you exactly. were. Exactly. They knew exactly. who you were. That's the, that's the difference, right? I think yeah. that's the difference. And college, same thing. So my my point being, because of that experience, the abusive parents you mentioned, I completely understand the analogy. Right. But it's different. And for of me, course. it's different. Of it's, it is. It's you know, I've got imperfect parents, but they never hit me. They never really like that's and my that's my personal experience. And see, you know what I mean. And you don't see yourself and the people they abuse correct the same way the same way yeah that's exactly. a different tribe that's the thing. completely different that's tribe. the thing so, so you say exactly hey, that i want to have it i'm kenyan my man yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. exactly or whatever that is exactly whatever exactly. he is exactly that's who they're doing it to and i think and that they make sure to make clear that's yeah. who they're doing it to so yeah. no one else is fearful it's wild it's wild but they and start from little kids for little kids they start right away that's the and so i think that's the what makes the move back home possible Whereas I think of for course. someone like maybe yourself, or even this guy yeah. I mentioned that I had coffee with, he has an experience similar to mine, but even so, generationally, he must be 30 years my senior. So his experiences in that time were just different, especially in Boston, which is a very white Irish city anyways. So for him, it's, you know, we can resonate on being a little bit different, but just the 30-year gap created differences inevitably and probably in the same way it has for you and I. So for him... It's not a place he wants to return to, right. for whatever those reasons are. Yeah. Well, he and, I, yeah. and I can understand it, but I didn't necessarily experience it firsthand. So it just makes me maybe a little bit more receptive to the possibility 
of that move back home with mom and dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the analogy is spot on. I can completely yeah. understand. That's yeah. exactly how it's I It's very interesting. Well, listen. Yeah. Before I end the podcast, yeah. Minya, I yeah. always like to ask this question. Yeah. If you could go in by, back in time, yes. knowing what you know right now. Yes. 38, you're 36 years on yep. this planet. 35, yep. so yep. you'd be 36. Yeah, yeah. If you could go back in time and see the younger you. Ooh, yes. What time would you go back to and yeah. what advice would you give yourself? That is a fabulous question I've never been asked in my life. <clears throat> if I could go back to any time to speak to any age version of me, what would I say? Give me a moment with this one. This is a good question. I don't know the words I would use exactly, but I would, sen- I would essentially implore my 13-year-old self to, <clears throat> to not be afraid to be who he is because I think I spent so much of my youth trying to figure and and every kid does Luna's 13 she's doing it right now trying to figure out who I am or who I wanted to be especially environmentally being the black kid in the white environment who 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 am I with these Kenyan parents who I identify who do I identify as and I think a lot of the time I spent kind of walking out eggshells trying to be the right person and I'm sure we all do this, but it took, you know, coming into adulthood, I would say when I, when I found that, I must have been in my maybe early, mid-twenties, when I kind of found, believe it or not, when I really found who that was, here, of all places, I kind of found that here in Japan. I just came into whatever that space is where I became comfortable with me, really. And um, the years searching, or again, kind of walking on eggshells, if I could take, if I could kind of change one thing, it'd probably be that, to just help myself be comfortable with me. But I mean, so I, most, I think most people might even say, I, I don't even know that's unique to me. I think most people might feel that way We're too. But, you. Yeah, okay. but for me, for sure, that's probably the yeah. thing that stands out most. Minya, thank you so much. Thank man. you. Lance, it's thank been a pleasure. You. Same here. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. <laughs> and never forget, it's all on loan. So continue to reach for the stars because you're too blessed to be stressed. Yeah.